0: Today's show brought to you in part by our friends at the Breeders' Cup. You'll hear about our Breeders' Cup Horse Players Happy Hour in a bit. But early July also brings us two more Breeders' Cup Challenge Series. winning you're in races, we've got the Stephen Foster from Churchill Downs, the Princess Rooney from Gulfstream Park. Tune in Saturday, July 2nd with live coverage starting at 4 p.m. Eastern on NBC. Each race winner will receive entry fees paid by the Breeders' Cup award to the nominator, a $10,000 travel allowance for horses stabled outside of Kentucky. I mentioned the Princess Rooney. That gets you a $1 million Breeders' Cup Philly and Mare Sprint Entry on November 5th. And the Stephen Foster with that entry into the $6 million Longines Breeders' Cup Classic also on November 5th. Today's show also brought to you by our friends at BetMaker's Fixed Odds Betting powered by betmakers, is back and in effect at Monmouth Park. And the early returns are fantastic for players. 70% of winners paying more on fixed odds than they are on the tote. Soon, fixed odds wagering is going to be available throughout the state of New Jersey. This is an exciting new way to bet that really puts the power to get value in the hands of the better. The odds you bet are the odds you get. You're going to hear a lot more about fixed odds betting opportunities across the In The Money Media Network. Hello and welcome to the In The Money Players podcast. This is our show for Wednesday, June 29th. I'm your host, Peter Thomas Fornatal, back in the USA, but not back in the Brooklyn bunker, actually coming to you from my father's old office on Port, in Port Washington, Long Island, in Long Island, not, uh, not, not you know, this whole in Long Island, on Long Island thing. <laughs> uh, apologies for the sound quality, and this is something my father would not have approved of. He loved his sound quality. I seem to have left the cord for the USB microphone somewhere, In England, or Scotland potentially. So uh, we're we're just sort of rocking it old school with a Skype call today. Hopefully it's not going to sound too bad. And I think you'll forgive me for the sound quality when you hear the quality of today's guest for a, a new concept actually in the whole history of this show. I'm not sure that we've ever done full card. Maybe it's some, I guess that's not true. We've done for Woodbine once in a while, full card. But I can't recall ever doing full card for New York. That's what we're going to do today for reasons I will explain soon. And to go over it all with me from InTheMoneyPodcast.com, from the leaderboard of the Saturday Naira contest, the top of that leaderboard, he's Nick Tamaro. Nick, how are things? Good morning, Pete. I'm doing great. Good to have you back in the U.S. of A. Yeah, it was a hell of a trip, I have to say. I actually took some genuine vacation. I think there was one other stretch for a couple of days when my brother got married back in 2019 that I had entire days where I didn't do anything work-related. Got to have several of those, especially up in Scotland. But, I mean, just what an amazing sporting trip. Ask It was amazing. You know, folks heard from me during that through those daily shows we did. But then from there, uh, the Scotland trip was fun. And then... Uh, going to Wimbledon was amazing you know that that was that was a sporting experience I wasn't sure I'd ever have that really lived up to the hype and I I, you know it it was it was fabulous but I'm I'm happy to be back in the USA and and ready to ready to rock and roll as we get all ramped up to these uh, to these summer meets here
1: yeah it's going to be a quick final eight days or so at Belmont and then we're going to be talking Saratoga about two weeks from right now it's it's gone by very quickly with the late Belmont. It's uh, it's a quick transition from the end of that meet into the, the big one coming up right after that. And then, of course, a week later, we'll have Delmar to, to discuss. So it's a very exciting time for horse players, no doubt about it.
0: Yeah, the Sun. We love, always love that transition. You know, it goes so seamlessly, really. Triple crown. Bit of a deep breath, but still some good stuff at Belmont, obviously, including this big weekend coming up July 4th, summer meets, and then basically the dead run on into the on into the Breeders' Cup. Let's pause on Belmont for a second, though, as I did want to ask you about the successes you've had winning the Saturday contest at Belmont, the $300 Naira Betts one. Uh, is it two weeks in a row? That's pretty good.
1: Two weeks in a row, not bad, yeah. It's <laughs> been... Uh been a good little run I had uh I've had the right things happen and I think maybe with Tony Joe not playing last week I had the right competition <laughs> so he, he gave me he gave me a chance a week before he did play so luckily he went out early and you know it was one of those where I had uh I think I had a thousand dollars and I was about five or six hundred in front and was like oh gosh who has money and you know I noticed Ken Jordan of course who's a contest player extraordinaire and a very astute player and a couple of others that I thought well I'm not quite a sitting duck I've got a Got a little bit of an advantage, but uh, we'll see if I can hold sway. And luckily it worked out. So same thing last week. I ended up with the double on the uh, – I actually played two entries, and I, I was down to $100 after the fifth because I tried to play a big favorite over Price, Exacta, and Tries, and my, the favorite one, my Price ran fourth. So I was down to 100 and I Dutched some doubles from uh, three runners in the sixth into the seventh. And I tried to beat the two Chad Brown horses in the sixth and did so with a 4-9-2 shot. And then Brazilian Air was the second half of my double, who luckily won very easily. And then uh, I needed the Jorge Abreu horse in the last race for my own pick five, plus a lot of contest play. And luckily, he came through very handily. He won by about six legs. So it was, it was all over with the shouting at the quarter pole.
0: That's nice. when you When you win and you get those style points. For folks that don't know about the Naira Contest, give the, give the high-level view for people who want to get involved. Obviously, Naira, Naira Bets, uh, a sponsor of ours and people we work closely with. But I, but I do think there's a lot of people who'd be interested in handicapping contests, betting competitions that, that, that should be playing in these games that aren't necessarily. Now, not that I'm trying to make your competition that much harder, but you, you get my idea. Give folks the overview.
1: No, I welcome it for certain. And, and truthfully, the best way to describe it is if you are interested in- in getting involved in live money contests, they are the absolute best way to do it because it's a relatively inexpensive price point at $300 for an entry, 200 of which is bankroll. And look, I mean, bottom line is if you're going to play the Saturday Belmont card, you might as well be involved in that. There's really no reason not to. So I would encourage anybody that's considering getting involved to do so. You just have to be a minor best account holder and, um, and then you can go ahead and, and get started and, it's uh it's it's they're exciting i think they're they're a lot of fun they're going to sprinkle in some bigger money contests as time goes by including yesterday they announced that on stars and Stripes, july 9th they're going to have a three thousand dollar buy-in with a big seeded cash pool so you can imagine that all of the uh all the sharks will come circling for that as that's a pretty pretty lucrative opportunity but on a weekly basis and i think through saratoga for the most part on most weekends they're going to do the $300 contest, which again will be a great opportunity for people that, that uh, want to get involved in live money tournaments, but maybe don't want to do so at a, a $2,000 or $3,000 price point.
0: So it's in the $300 game, it's 200 to bankroll and 100 that feeds the prize pool. Is that how it works? Uh,
1: exactly, yep.
0: And then all the prizes yep. are cash, or are they doing any seats to future Naira tournaments or anything like that? Top seven are cash. The
1: eighth, ninth, and tenth get entries into the next $300 contest.
0: That's smart. Sort of a breakage churn. Keep people rocking and rolling. I always love that. Anyway, folks who have questions, feel free to hit us up. We'll talk to you more about that. And you can opt in, Nick, right on the NairaBets website. You can sign up, get your NairaBets account. If you don't have one, there's a bonus, I believe, all the time for new account holders, too. So nairabets.com to check that out. Anything else to add on that? No, I think that, that about covers it. So this Thursday card, I did want to hit two notes really quick. One, Horse Players Happy Hour. It's happening again. Uh, The contest is going to start in the 4 o'clock hour with Belmont's third race, horseplayers.com. That's the place to go for that one. This one costs just 20 bucks. This is not live bankroll. This is you pick one horse in every race. But you mentioned about uh, Naira seeding the prize pool for the Stars and Stripes tournament. We've seeded our tour prize pool. And I'm not going to get into all the particulars in this chat. But just know that... If you're willing to uh, compete throughout the season, which goes through mid October, twenty bucks a week. And actually, in truth, you only have to, to have a realistic shot at this extra money. Any even playing one week gives you an extra shot at the twenty thousand dollars of value added to this prize pool in the form of two Breeders' Cup Betting Challenge seats, and the money, the house cut for the on the twenty goes to. Charity goes to Thoroughbred Retirement Foundation and the Thoroughbred Aftercare Alliance. We do this with our partners, the Breeders' Cup and Horseplayers.com. Check that out. If you're listening to this show, you're listening to it before Thursday's races, you can still get involved. Horseplayers.com, pay the 20, and then uh, join Matt Bernier and I for our live stream at 4 o'clock, available through In the Money Media social media, my social media, at Looms Boldly, or any of the Breeders' Cup social media as well, Facebook, Twitter, etc. The other thing is, if you're in the area, I wasn't sure if I was going to have room to send this out to the audience, but I'm doing a special project with my friend James Khan, who people have heard on these airwaves before, talking about uh, bourbon. We are doing a bartender's day out at the races, and we had so much interest that I've actually purchased a whole extra corral. We're going to be in those picnic areas with the grills right down on the apron. Between the grandstand and the track, for those that don't know what I'm talking about, we're going to have cocktails. Uh, We've got our friends from Misguided Spirits and Woodford Reserve providing cocktails. I'm going to bring in some uh, craft beer that I enjoy as well from our friends at Wild East Brewing. And we've got a chef, Chef Tyson Ho, going to be manning those grills. And it's going to be awesome. And honestly, we're just kind of doing it to do it. So come out and join us at belmont for this thursday card the bartender's part of it we're going to start early end early you know everybody's got to, a lot of people got to go to work etc it's a sunset card we'll just probably be out there from like 12 30 to 5 30 and then uh, folks will will head on head on back but that's plenty of time to have fun um could just come by and see us you know uh, and if you have any questions hit me up through the contact page in the moneypodcast.com. that's another reason why i'm doing the show okay business is out of the way time to talk about these races nick and like I said, we're going to do something unusual. We're going to do the full card, and we'll kick off with our very first race. that kicks off this early pick five that I think that's where I'm going to – we'll probably do a big betting pool with the group assembled on the apron. Well, even with the pick six carryover, I'm going to focus on this early pick five because those are the races people will be there for. How shall we get this candle lit for the early pick five on Thursday?
1: You know, Pete, I think a lot of times with these two-year-old turf races, it's sort of Wesley by default. And I don't really know what it is that's all that appealing about this entry um, other than – and the other tricky thing, of course, is that they're going to receive a tremendous amount of support at the window, so you really don't know exactly how good they are or if people are just betting because they assume Wesley Ward is going to win every turf sprint that he enters the horse into. Kawachan, who is a second-time starter, was not favored on debut at Churchill, was bet down to 5-2, to two, ended up running second, simply chased the winner home. Um, didn't exactly do anything that was particularly special and ran a, a pretty even race. They don't assign buyer figures for these five furlong long-term races, I really wish they did. The horse that I thought was a little bit more interesting was four-way stop for Michelle Nevin, who um, didn't get out of the gate particularly well and and kind of stumbled a tad and, and bobbled uh, under Manny Franco for the first couple of strides, worked her way back into position and ended up finishing competitive third. The winner of that race was a Christophe Lamont firster that had gotten off to a good start and had a pretty favorable trip. I felt like four-way stop was a little more interesting as a horse who could improve with experience. Same thing for Love Tank, who didn't get out of the gate all that great on debut. Either was in the same race as four-way stop. Four-way stop ran, I would say, a good bit better maybe not significantly better but certainly had more tactical speed and looks like a horse that moving forward might have a little bit more ability so I would say if you're going to play the pick five I would focus on those two I I'd probably use whichever one Wesley leaves in because obviously he has to scratch one with Rosario named on both and uh, see which one he he prefers to run uh, of that pairing and maybe take a, a little bit of a swing against that one especially if it's Cowichan because we really don't don't know much about how good this horse might be after that sort of average debut
0: excellent points i've had the same three runners that i wanted to talk about i just went in the other direction putting love tank on top both of these horses should improve i think going from five to six the six furlong turf course at belmont a little bit more stamina testing than the average six furlong turf sprint i would say and it's actually a big difference going from that that five to six i expect both four-way stop and love tank to run better put them in either order i for the record went four with then as my a with the want whichever wesley stays in which i'll admit i'm being a bit lazy there and and just by default i don't i don't love either of them i feel like they're uh they're gonna be overbet relative to their chances um in all likelihood even if the morning line of evens is a little aggressive but i i also uh you know they're just at the same time they're too a little bit too logical to ignore. So I'm going to I'm going to go that way with uh with Love Tank. I just thought after that poor break useful debut should be suited by the extra ground. So Love Tank for me with backups of four way stop and the 1 or 1A. One and with that, we'll move on to the back half of this double where we've got these $14,000 claimers going on the dirt and I thought that the 5 True Believe just looked like the right one, nothing clever, class relief, cutting back. I thought would get a positive ride near the front in a race without a ton of speed and looked well drawn. I was gonna mostly try to get through with the five, but very curious to get your thoughts on this one, Nick.
1: Yeah, you know, you're talking about a race where outside of the four, the balance of this field is trained by conditioners that are combined four for seventy-five at this meet. And and I think it's actually gonna lead people in the direction of Irish Giant because of Linda Rice and because she's a little bit easier to trust than a lot of the other trainers in here. But I've got to tell you how to shine. It's not very good. So, I mean, his last win did come for Linda Rice. It came courtesy an enormous pace setup last October. And, and I think he's a candidate to win. But I agree with you completely. The true Believe looks to have a, a pretty massive pace advantage. And with all due respect to the bug boy, it's can upgrade to Dylan Davis, even though Jose Gomez has been riding very well. And so you kind of hope that Dylan's just going to take the initiative here. I couldn't really trust anybody else. And I felt like the other horse that I was gravitating towards to an extent, speaking of low percentage Barnes, was Debo. And the problem with Debo is that if you draw a line through a surf race two starts back, figure-wise, he's a very good fit in this race. And it's a pretty evenly matched field top to bottom. Why not take a horse that, because of the the low percentage connections, might be a bit better priced than the likes of Irish Giant and True Belief. So I'll mainly use the two and five. I'll back up a little bit with the
0: four. All right. Let's talk about the third race, Nick. We've got three-year-old Phillies, $50,000 claimers on the turf, going a mile on the 16th, and we'll keep it with you. I thought this
1: race was tough, he, and, and I felt almost like it could be run at Gulfstream. Of course, there's no turf racing at Gulfstream right now, so we'll have to go without, but um, I did think So lib was a little dangerous as the, the main speed. I don't know um, if she'll be able to really get loose. I don't really even know if she's good enough to win if she does, but I do know she's been facing better horses, and that pace in the nightcap on Belmonte was very, very fast. And um, she was close to it, so I want to give her a little bit of an excuse for that. The horse to beat is that ain't too shabby for Mark coming back off the short layoff. I thought she was aggressively ridden last time out. Probably needs a bit more patient ride and should get it from Dylan, who's really been riding incredibly well. So those are the main two for me. I didn't want to complicate it terribly much. I know they look like the two favorites. I just had a really hard time embracing anybody else. Speaking of embracing, strong embrace is probably the other horse more as a backup type for me
0: okay so i'll throw the two in as a backup for you and the notes that will go out to our plus subscribers i understand we had a little bit of a hiccup last week by the way for our plus subscribers some stuff that was supposed to go out didn't go out apologies on that we'll get it fixed and if it inconvenienced anybody out there let me know and we'll we'll find a way to to make you happy with the service it just gets complicated especially when i'm halfway around the world okay this race i'm with you completely um I'll throw in one other number, but Solib I had on top. I thought the last race was better than it looked. Fast pace, going shorter should be in a great position now. Going longer, I was going to include Radiant Gem as an A, who I thought could maybe get a good trip from mid pack. Looks to have improved, and I always do like horses who've just uh, won their maidens in these restricted claiming races. But uh, we do have a two-time winner. That's uh, that ain't too shabby. You mentioned back in for a tag, too obvious to ignore. I had this one 5-4 uh, and four on the A-line with the 7 on the B-line. We'll go to race 4. Uh, $25,000 claimers going a mile on the dirt in a spot where the two crypto cash just looked like was supposed to be very, very tough on the numbers. First time for Atris. Wide trips in the last two. I was just going to give a quick shout, based on the time form, U.S. pace projector to the five musical America, who could be loose in a race flow that favors front runners. I'm assuming crypto cash will be too tough. If crypto cash gets beat, I'm assuming it will be from the front and uh musical America was my shot to maybe get a, a sneaky wire type uh, backup in there. So two is the a five is the B Nick. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I felt that way to me crypto cash reclaimed by Rob Atchers now uh, owned by Sandy Goldfarb at al. And uh, Sandy Goldfarb's claims are generally very, very sharp It sort of reminds you back in the, the days of uh, Rick Dutro winning with those distinctive black and gold silks. And Crypto Cash is a horse that probably has been kind of in the wrong spot, two straight starts, including last time out when the rail was a pretty clear advantage. This horse made a prolonged wide move. That was a 20 that was probably tougher than this 25. Um, This is a a relatively weak 25. So he looks like a horse that will be exceptionally tough to beat. And and I was with you on the uh, potential upsetter being a horse that might just beat him to the punch early in musical America. The only other horse I'd be inclined to use is Grumps Little Tots, who when we last saw him, he endured a wide trip on a day where he really, really wanted to be inside um, closing weekend at Belmont. So I'd give him probably one more opportunity, but um, it's never a great sign to see a horse who's changed hands three times at the claim box uh, then go on the shelf because obviously Charlie Baker was looking at, at running this gelding back as a, uh, over the winter. Um, that's part of the reason why he took him for 25, but he has been off since. Charlie with pretty modest numbers off of 180-plus day layoffs and dirt routes just one for 10. But this is a horse whose best race is definitely make him a contender. One other horse that was a bit of a price that I, I maybe was a little intrigued by, I don't love his race from last time, was Lost in Rome because with the blinkers going on, this is a horse who's been better when he's been forwardly placed. I'm not going to be surprised if Sayas. Is pretty aggressive here, and he can get a piece of it. I would use him as a backup. I basically treat the uh, the the three, four, and five the same way um, with the two as a lone
0: eight. Should have mentioned also that this fourth race is where this pick six carryover begins. Uh, I I'm going to break the broadcasting rule and ask you the question that I don't know the answer to. Do you know? Eighty-three five (laughs) forty. You you came perfect. I always do that to you, and you can't prepare this time. Yeah, that's significant money. This is going to be a fun pick six to take a swing at, and I, I think there are places where you can get a little skinny. You and I, similar approaches in there, uh, crypto cash. I'm presuming you'll play it with crypto cash, sort of as the lone A, and then five, three, four as backups.
1: Yeah, and as we go through the sequence, we'll see a, a little lot more how this sequence is playable if you are. Uh, if you take the the aggressive spots with some of the horses that are going to be bad to look like likely winners, and this is one of them,
0: late pick five starts with race number five. This is not a race where I can get skinny, um, very, very spready looking stuff. I thought mile and eighth, inner turf, three and up, New York bred, maiden special weights. I put topic changer the five on top with, I ran well enough on debut was one of those runs where I looked to be figuring things out as the race went on. And that race has produced two next-out winners, so good form line on display potentially there. Stable mate of the top pick, 10 Olympic Dreams, has to be on my tickets. Clement, very good first out. Distance on both sides of this family. Kin to Drosselmeyer, so this idea of, uh, of starting. Some horses, you see, they start at a mile and an eighth, and you say, oh, boy, they must be really slow. In this case, I think it just... It's just too logical for me to consider a negative, and I'll have some 10s on my tickets. The 6th Compromiser ran well enough on debut, a couple of winning siblings on turf, and then the seven Conquest, possible pace angle, looking at the pace map for this race. I need to have all four of those numbers, and Nick, I'll be honest with you, if you have something else, I'll probably throw that in as well. Who takes out the 5th?
1: Yeah, this was exceptionally tough, I and mean, the, the issue that you run into is that the 1st year is really, aside from being from good barns, they have no pedigree at all, um, and, and I'm, I'm speaking of the 8 cented giant and the ten, the other uh, Clement runner on the outside for Gallagher Stud, which usually these Gallagher horses have a great amount of pedigree. This one does not, and and I went, I mean I went digging deep to find maybe turf pedigree that I was missing. I felt like this was a race where I was missing something, and um, and I ended up picking the Three Laws, who for George Weaver made his turf debut at, at Second Asking, and when they were going into the turn, he got out a little bit on Manny. He ended up going three or four pass wider than he needed to on the first turn. He recovered and chased them around there. The one-two finishers were one-two. They were two-one the whole way down the backstretch. It is a race that has not produced an X-out winner, but they've all basically validated their buyer. So short of the winner who ended up coming back in a really difficult spot, um, the runner-up, the third-place horse, fourth-place horse, they've all kind of run in that mid-to-upper 60s range, which I think you'd like to see. This horse is getting Lasix for the first time. He's going to have the rail draw, so he should be able to save – a pretty significant amount of ground. I'm not going to be surprised if Manny is a little aggressive with him out of the gate also, because it doesn't look like there's a great deal of confirmed speed. I thought that Conquest, who you mentioned, was interesting as well. You know, I have nothing against topic changer. I picked him second. But, you know, this is a horse who obviously Christoph Lamont did not have high hopes for. He's a homebred. He debuted him for 40. And, you know, the note that I made in watching the replay was that Dylan waited forever, got a split, and finished. And that was it. And yes, it has come up a a stronger race than I think we would have anticipated, especially shortly thereafter. But, you know, this is still a horse that he's putting blinkers on, presumably because he knows he needs to be a little bit more forward early in order to be effective. And, um, and, and he's, you know, he might not be much more than a maiden claimer. This might not be much more than a maiden claimer though. Right.
0: (laughs) Any other numbers you want to put forward there? You mentioned, I have, I wrote down the three and the five as A's.
1: Yeah, I have the nine and 10 in there. Um. You know, grading it out, I probably have the – I probably use all four of them as A's, to be honest, and and then I'll, I'll use the four, six, and eight as backup, so I'm going to be pretty wide here.
0: Yeah, it's, we, I mean, it's, it's funny that we have such a similar opinion on a race where we have a different – you know, you have a topic that I don't even have listed in my four, but, I mean, everything you said about laws was true, and that is one that I'll make sure to work into some combinations as well. Race number six – $25,000 claimer, six furlongs on the dirt. Once again, field of 10 goes postward. Nick, who do you think is going to win?
1: I'm going to go too deep here with the one and the 10. The book ends in the field. I picked a 10. Jake Rock's on top, back in for attack. Gustavo Rodriguez took him in early February for 40, and he's dabbled in the starter allowance ranks four times since, really with no success at all. Um, the most recent of which came going a mile that was a much, much tougher field than this. I mean, the likes of Cousteau and, and, and Lunissima are, um, are basically allowance types, and these are claimers. So the fact that this race looks a little short on speed, too, really made me feel like he could get that outside stocking trip. Look, I understand. He's one for 32. There's, <laughs> a, there's a reason why this horse has had a hard time winning, and he has no, you know, he has no punch. He's also getting Rosario, which, you know, when you have a hard time finishing, that is usually the antidote. And so I'm going to take that, that approach. Um, clearly, the, the, the rail runner uh, for Mike Maselli, Devil's Code, is the one to beat. Maselli's 2 for 10 over the last five years with horses on dirt oh, off of 180-plus day layoffs. And one of those two winners was Devil's Code when he broke his maiden in February of 21, coming back off a lengthy break. It's clear that this horse runs by appointment only. What I was unsure of is there's a way for him to have been in for a waiver. I don't know what race it, it needed to be, but he's not. So, it's, it's not the greatest sign that they're now saying, okay, here he is. He's back. He's running again for the first time in, in uh, almost a year, and you can have him.
0: That could be a for sale sign. Absolutely. Yeah. And it is. He, he's a funny one where, and this doesn't help you in the pick six, but I really want to see the betting on this horse. Devil's Code is a horse where market weakness would really be a concern. If that, you know, something to indicate that that is a for sale sign or he isn't ready. I took the optimistic view just off the idea that as you pointed out, the runner has done this when, when not only the trainer has done it before, but the individual horse has done it before in terms of the layoff stuff. I'm inclined to say the horse should win. This is a shrewd outfit. The drop should be helpful. And, the, you know, as a trip handicapper, uh, slow break last time moves into a hot pace wide and trying to close into a slow prate pace. The time before that I-, I was willing to roll the dice potentially with devil's code as a lone a type in here. I got scared off of Jake rocks. Initially your case is making me realize that Jake rocks should be at least a B any others you'd want as backup numbers in this spot.
1: I think next one I'd use is Scotto. Who's going to to dirt for Rudy who's dirt races in, Late last year, we're, we're both good enough, now second off the layoffs as well. The problem with him is he's just a very deep closer, and, and there's, there's precious little speed. The only other horse I'd probably consider, and, and it's really kind of a, a hold your nose and use his nature boy, he beat a terrible field on the, on the slot, but the pace was very strong. And so if you kind of want to give him a little bit of an upgrade for having gotten involved in a quick pace, I don't think that's the worst idea and, um, and he'll, be a, he'll be a relatively solid price again. I don't know if he'll quite be 20. The one, but I suppose he could. And I, I obviously respect David Aragona's morning line-making a lot. 40 dollars is the horse you i consider. But the fact that he ran so poorly last time and then was a boy to claim, that's a bad sign. Yeah, that's and, tough. And he's also, he's also going out for a barn that, until last week, was winless for about three months. So good to see Jimmy Ryerson get it back going again. But, you know, it's one where I... I'd like to stand
0: on the 1 and 10 and
1: hope that one of them get it done because if it's a backup for me, it could be anybody.
0: Yeah, I, I hear that. I will list the 5 and 6 as potential backups for you. And the thing about, you know, you make the hold your nose point on Nature Boy, fair enough, but it, when, I don't mind doing that on a small backup line at a double-figure price, which this horse will certainly be. So I'm glad you I'm glad you threw that one in there. Let's talk about the set.
1: It's pretty close to it if it's not that. And I'll tell you, Chad Brown is as if he needed any more Powell New York breads that include asymmetric and impressive debut winner, um, yeah, he's supposed to win. But he beat kind of a suspect. An arsenal he arsenal of a three-year-old New York brand. I think his name was aggregation. He and was this likely horse is an impressive gauge is likely to be the, I the, to be to the pace setter here and just might end up taking the them, back back up. them around. Um, um, I, I would mean, use Montebello once as a backup. I can't really get with anybody else. I can't embrace them at all. And for me, it would just be one
0: A in the seven and one move on to our eighth race on the card, our featured race of the day, mile and three-eighths on the inner turf. Interesting. Little allowance contest, some fun pedigrees in this race for sure i'll kick it off with the because I 'm just going to master the obvious, so we 'll get it out of the way. Easter, the seven I thought was the most likely winner, not disgraced in the grade one man of war and just looks super duper well suited to this, uh, to, this uh, to this to this to this distance test. Uh, I was very uh, very interested in Easter and speaking of super duper pedigrees for the distance. The nine Hilliard, another one I want to mention. Finished with good interest last time and looking at the, the breeding on Hilliard for the added ground Temple City. So you got Dynaformer blood on the top and Smart Strike blood on the bottom. Yes, please, give me Hilliard and Easter. Another spot where I'll be very inclined to use anybody that you mentioned. Who do you like in the day's big one? Yeah, Easter's the horse to beat, clearly. I mean there's
1: no Yeah, Easter's the horse to beat, clearly. I mean there's no um, nothing clever from me on, on that. Um he actually ran credibly, as you said, in the in man of war. I don't think the man of war um, I man as played out in the, in the was, man man was as good a race as we kind of thought it would be, mainly because Ibier was not it was kind of a no show. Right with the bad break, he just never really put forth that typical Ibier type of run. And and Goofo is just Goofo's ridiculous. He seems to just never never show up. But um just enough to let you know he's there, but not really. Yeah. One so, anyway, I mean, Easter is, is clearly the, the one to beat on the drop My now, third off the layoff. I think Graham had pretty clear intent um, with, both Highland, clear intent in America, with both, both Highland Chief and Easter to get them a prep in America, prep in America to then stretch 19 them 19 out, and Highland Chief Easter was the one who got it done at 19-1. to I thought Easter was way more haveable at 14-1 than than Highland Chief. This is a situation where Chad Brown has golfers, who ran a couple of bad races as a three-year-old, and has now come back as a four-year-old and he's run much much better, and and it seems as if distance with better. him is going to be the real key. He absolutely, absolutely pounded that field last time out. Now, a number of the runners in it came back and ran in a mile-and-three-eighth race as totally the nightcap on June 18th. They didn't run poorly good medicine for Todd Fletcher, ended up third in there. Of course, he was behind an eventual Chad Brown winner remote who lost the rider at the start, ended up second in that race at Belmont. So, you know, it was a race that I think held up relatively well. This is a situation where if you're too if you're too, Eastern, if you're too wins if race race committed to, to Easter and, and Baltus wins this race at four to one and you see Chad Stoll into, circle, into <laughs> the winner's circle, you're gonna feel like see myself saying right. I mean, really it's just I could see myself really saying you really did to yourself. You really let your pick six be derailed by that. So I'm gonna use both equally. I'm gonna use QF seventy five as a backup as well. I don't really know if he's screaming after Milan three eight, but I'm hoping that Joel has a little bit better sense of what's under the hood. And so after that he kind of ran off term. on him last time. Him and so that was a pretty boggy turf uh, of course. I want to give him an excuse for it. And, um, and, um, and I think he's, he's so probably I'm a little bit be better, be better just than that. So and and I'm hoping that he's, he's able to maybe just I mean, get out there and dictate terms because – I mean, there should very be nothing in his way from and, um, and setting a very, very clear and likely to be pretty moderate pace. You mentioned um, Hilliard. Uh, last pace. year, Hillyard, Hillyard, uh, started, last year that somebody that a couple Javi of weeks before Saratoga be started five, told me that the they jockey thought Javier, Javier Castellano would be in the top five in the jockey standards when I told him they were completely out of their mind. He's been riding really well, and so I will not take that anti time around. I don't think he's the top five. No no I he's been riding very well, so I know no issue with the rider change to Javier. This is a horse no who just, yeah, just, just might have been crying out for a little bit more ground along the way. way. <laughs> that Mike Maker He's guy done guy it a time or two. He's out. done
0: it a time or two with good success. I am really glad you mentioned Balthus, who I will list in there as a backup. Another one, I was raving about the pedigrees of the other two for the distance. Balthus certainly in that category as well. Let's move on to our nightcap. We've got the the a condition we see a lot in the last race of the day. We've got these maiden claiming forties this time around, three-year-old and up fillies going seven furlongs on the turf. A race that I was so boring in, but I always like to ask the guest anyway. The key question: How are we going to get paid?
1: You know, Pete, I watched the replay back from the night. You know, Pete, Mason, I watched the replay back the on May 15th quite a few times. I'd seen the race the live, Mason, and and the, the race live. And, and the the one, one thing that stood you out you to me is when they're going around 12 the 12 turn, clock, you notice a horse with a 12, 12 saddle saddlecloth, saddle white, white silks little and bit of you know, I markings myself, on the sleeve, and I watched because and I thought to myself, wanted, "Who is I wanted, that horse?" Because that's the one I want to, I want to, I want to see, and I want to bet that's back. And it was Legend Song, and I don't want to be. I don't. I'm not, not, be, that, don't, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm not somebody that. That I'm would accuse world class riders alive, of things like that. I'm just gonna say that on a scale of a one to five, five <laughs> Flavian's best effort was about a point five. And so I think he just let this horse go through the motions. So I, I don't just know. Just George this Weaver this is very cheeky. I don't know if maybe he told Flavian ahead of time, look, this horse is gonna need a race. So let him get out there and experience it. But they turned for home. And you know, Flavian's a guy who really will get down and ride his horse hard and get everything out of them. This horse was never really asked for all that much. So I'm wondering if Maybe that was a, hey, he's going to need one. Miss Bell Moon, the runner up, came right back, hey, moon, runner-up runner-up and, came right and, back and broke uh, her maiden so next time out at Mom, it's I in a pretty solid effort. So I pick Legend Song. i I, pick the 10, 4, 12. I'll use all I, four The them. Mr. Hill is, clearly the, the Mr. Hill Hill is clearly, clearly the one to, to be, be. I, I would see myself using the 4 and 10 as names and Diamond Chattis and Noble 88 is Noble Aviation to me is interesting. This is, is a – actually, Mark wrong. i no am 12 Noble eighty eight is daughter of eighty eight, Noble was is She won the disc after mile at Churchill for Bill Mott, for John Mott. So this is a big turf pedigree. And I think Mark Henning, who's having a really difficult meet – it's sort of funny to me. Mark Henning used to be really good with second-time starters too. And I don't know if he's just on a bad run for a couple of years. This is a horse who I think can improve with experience. That's a very, very interesting one
0: is you're looking at turf breeding both sides and a complete, you know, no running kind of first race that's going to mean 15 or 20 to one could be in the offing, but, but a horse that could absolutely wake up. Yeah. I was almost, I mean, my, my approach to the race was almost like press up single a miss sugar Hill off all the obvious reasons. The one where, where Pratt ends up, but I mean, boy, you don't, I don't want to just go to war with the, with one horse here at the end of this sequence, and and in terms of the backups, I was just going to get you know very spready with with anything that looked like it, it had any kind of chance numbers you know two, three, two, three, eight, nine, ten, you know I didn't even come up with your didn't even come up with your twelve, but I'm loving that idea too. So I think I'm going to call it for me put the four there. I'm going to make sure to include the excellent case you made on the 10 Legend Song and then as many as you can afford or, or that makes sense based on the rest of your bet. And that carries us through the end of this Sunset Thursday card. We've got Horse Players Happy Hour. We've got our gathering out at Belmont. We encourage folks to come check us out. We encourage you to play in the $300 Naira contest. See if you can dethrone Nick Tamaro as he goes for the three-peat. I assume you'll be in there firing away. Definitely, and I'm likely to go win the rest of the year. Definitely, and I'm likely to go win the rest of the year. The time <laughs> Good stuff, off. Nick. Really appreciate your time today. I haven't even looked at the schedule for the show on Friday. Hopefully we'll have you back on there for mammoth uh, or, or something. We'll, we'll do some more stuff very, very soon. Appreciate all your help while I was away as well. It was really great to be able to unplug for a few days, which I was able to do thanks to uh, members of the team, including yourself. Any final words before we send this one home? No, enjoyed having you back. Glad you're uh, you made it. No, enjoyed
1: having you back. Glad you're uh, you made it and Beyond the Captain. I made it a place my forward liver made a
0: story. But we'll 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 work <laughs> we'll we'll work on the cleanse uh, after the big day at Belmont tomorrow. Good stuff. Thank you, Nick Tamro. Thank you to all our friends and partners, especially Naira and Naira Betts, Adelphi Delphi Racing. There's so many, so many that we could thank. Um, our founding partners, Thoroughbred Retirement Foundation, 10 Strike Racing. We always appreciate that. Most of all, though, we appreciate all of you, the listeners, for making these shows so much fun to do. This show's been a production of In the Money Media. Our business manager is Drew Cotney. Our chief creative officer is Jonathan Kinchin. I'm Peter Thomas, Hornetown. May you win all your photos.